0: Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello everybody and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast and I am delighted to be back doing some transfer talk stuff. Um, this is the first real new kind of um, link that we've had in the summer and I wanted to pop on I wanted to chat to you guys about it. It's about a really exciting and rising star of German football and French national team um, football as well and it's Max Ence Lacroix. Um, so uh, he is a Wolfsburg centre half, 22 years of age and I wanted to pop on because He's a very small sample set, two years of playing uh, senior football, essentially. But he does have an interesting story. He does have some really, really interesting attributes. Um, I saw him very much so last year when Wolfsburg finished fourth in the Bundesliga. But um, I haven't watched an awful lot of Bundesliga football this season. Um, well, sorry, I haven't watched an awful lot of Wolfsburg football uh, this season, so um, it was interesting to kind of dig into him, see what he was like, uh, get get my eyes on a bit and on, and on, on some footage of him, and uh, I suppose really make up my mind as to as to to what I think of him. Um, as I said, he's 22 year old, uh, right footed centre half, and I think it's really interesting why Villa might be targeting somebody like Maxence Lacroix. And, uh, yeah, as I say, without further ado, let's take a little look at him. And as always, I do have some slides. So let's pop up some of these slides here and let's chat about, uh, Mr. Lacroix. So, as I mentioned, he is French. He's six foot two and a half. He's right footed. And he was born on the 6th of April, 2000. Yeah, we're signing players that were born in 2000. I, uh, I, I'm struggling with that one myself. He's played 64 senior games, all of them with, uh, all of them have been with Wolfsburg, um, and 56 thousand six hundred twenty eight minutes. Um, he has played uh, for the club as well, um, or in professional football, should I say, at the centre half position. Um, he came up through the social um, academy, and they have when they have hit, they they they're well thought of academy in France, and realistically. Because it's not because they pump out brilliant, brilliant player after brilliant player after brilliant player after brilliant player. But when they hit, they hit really, really well. Jeremy Menez, former PSG, former France player, came, came, came from Sochaux. Um, more recent people, Conate. Conate uh, for Liverpool. He's actually only 22 as well. He uh, came from Sochaux. Uh, from their uh their youth setup. And um I would go so far as to say without having the information to hand that uh both lacroix and, and Conate probably could have played together uh, in the underage setup at Sochaux. Um but as I say so when they're hitting things they seem to really really hitting them. And uh, that I found is really really interesting because we do know that the French academy system uh really does uh it does Churn out and pump out certain players or certain types of players, and uh, specifically, I suppose what we're seeing is just like Kunate. Um, now obviously playing for Liverpool, he moved from the French system in Sochaux into the German system with Leipzig, and now he's in the Premier League, and we're seeing him. He's he's adapted. He's a big, strong guy. With Lacroix he's done the exact same thing. He's moved into um, he's moved into the from the French system into the German system, and now there is rumors that both us and West Ham are looking at signing him. I've seen price points anywhere from 17 million to 20 million, all the way up as far as 34 million uh, for for uh, Lacroix. And uh, it is, uh, as I say, I wouldn't even be able to hazard a guess at what he will cost. Um, but for me, what, what I think the biggest things that we could, the, the biggest thing that, you know, that, that that stands out to me is he's tall, uh, at six, two and a half. You know, so he's not going to get bullied around the place. He is a slighter type frame. An incredibly aggressive player when you watch him play, him play him. What I mean by that is he wants to engage you straight away. The numbers bear that out as well and we will talk about that in a moment. He does have a small sample set as you can see there on the right hand side. It is only a two season sample set but he has played in European competition competition as, as well. And, uh, you know, he has, um you know, he's been playing... First team football since he's been, uh, just turned 17 as well with Sochaux's second second team. Then he progressed on to Sochaux's first team in 2018 when he was only um, when he was only 18 years of age. And then he got the move to Wolfsburg in 2020. So he's a French under-20 international. He's came all the way up through all the French, uh, through the French grades under 16, 17, 18, under 20. He's still currently, um, I think he's still currently eligible to play with the under-20s. Uh, so he may be uh, available for, um, for, still still available for selection there. But he hasn't been called into any of the senior squads yet. Um, he's of Guadalupean descent as well which uh, i don't know why what difference that makes but i just thought it was a uh, it was an interesting fact um that he is from uh, that he's of Guadeloupe in descent. i think his father is is from Guadeloupe as well um but he is uh, yeah so as i say he's he's found a home at, at Wolfsburg in his first in his second season at Wolfsburg he uh, really commanded things back there playing with Playing with the American centre half John Brooks, some of you may remember him from um, World Cups gone gone past. No, John Brooks, uh, as well, was at Schalke. I think he moved from Schalke to uh, to uh, Wolfsburg. Uh, a steady defender, a you know a defender who took to took like a duck to water to German German football. A very experienced defender, but a defender that likes to likes to hold his position and likes to defend from. You know, likes to likes to to let people come on to him, and, and probably better in the air. That's and why I'm saying that is that uh, that uh, Lacroix is definitely an aggressive type of player. He wants to engage people high. He wants to break the defensive line, run and uh, run and get to the to the source of the problem as such. And um, he does have a high percentage of blocks and interceptions, as we'll see in a mo in a moment. He's speedy, and we can see there by his his heat map. Um, For a centre-half, he spends an awful lot of time out in the right wing. Uh, He likes... It's a difficult one. I I think he's speedy, but I don't think he is as comfortable in wide positions as... uh, for the amount of time he spends out there, if that makes sense. Which, I suppose, for Aston Villa, the fact that he can cover the ground like like he can here is probably a benefit, because we do know that we want our... Fullbacks to to carry themselves up the field, but I think it also can be a negative as well in the fact that we don't want our center half spread too wide, um either. But look, I suppose really what I'm getting at here is that that the options would be there for him that that he can cover ground. He's speedy. He's a lot better, you know, facing keeping the play in front of him from the point of view. He wants to engage. He wants to get at you. He wants to tackle you early. He wants to he wants to to get in your face and and try and intercept that ball. And um, I wouldn't from watching him i don't conflate that with um i don't conflate that with naivety i don't conflate it with exuberance if that makes sense he is when he gets to the ball when he gets there uh he gets there put it that way you know so when he when he when he makes a tackle he is um when, or when he makes a tackler, or makes tries to make an interception, or tries to block something, he more than likely will block that ball. You know, so he he makes a calculated decision and engages early. I suppose is what I'm what I'm trying to get at. When we look at him in comparison with some of our our current defenders, we'll see that they don't do that. They pull away. They kind of back away from from engagement, and sometimes that can that can allow um, defenders are allow attackers, should I say, to get further into our half. And we know that that's what Aston Villa have done under Dean Smith, and we've continued to do it under Steven Gerrard. We retreat to the sanctity of our, just just in front of our own box, and sometimes into our box, and then we protect that D in front of our box. That's what we did under Dean Smith. That's what we've we've continued to do under, under Steven Gerrard. And then hope our defensive midfielders come back. With somebody like this, maybe the idea is that we would take them on a small bit or we would have maybe a slightly higher line and we would allow us to have a slightly higher line. The fact that we could take on uh, or because this guy's natural ability is to, is to to engage people earlier. We can engage them earlier, maybe breaking up those, uh, those attacks and allowing us to start counterattacks from a more fortuitous position for us. Or also if you engage somebody and you slow down the attack early on, even if they get around him, you know, he's, he does get dribbled past, but we can see here 0.9, uh times per 90 minutes. He's still in the 58th percentile. He's not like he's pretty OK at, at, at tackling dribblers. Um And the amount of times that he does does tackle people like it is 60.5 uh, percent of the time. He does tackle somebody who was on the dribble, which is in the top 80 percentile of the of the top of the top five leagues in Europe. So. It just goes to show that he does engage early. He likes to get people when they're in full flow. And uh, more often than not, he will get a block in. He will get an interception in there and he will be pretty successful, you know, with with stuff like that. He's not a pressure merchant. Uh, what I mean by that is that he doesn't usher people into areas. We can see that there. He does pressure. He pressures a lot. But, you know, the success of those pressures is only 31.6%, which keeps him in the 13th percentile. And we'll see how that tallies up with, with, with other players in a moment but uh, for me what what i what he does is when he goes full-blooded and full-throated he tends to get the ball he tends to intercept he tends to block we can see that there these blocks at 1.99 blocks per um, per uh, per game of those he uh, blocks 1.36 passes per game which is really interesting remember what i was saying there if you can block a pass higher up the field we can create our our counterattack in a more fortuitous position. He intercepts the ball 4.15 uh, times per, per 90 minutes, which is fantastic stuff. 99% top of the class for that one as well. Pretty decent in the air, as we can see there, at 63.9%. And he commits fouls at a rate of 1.3 per game. So, uh, all in all, he's, he's a really interesting character. He's a really interesting defender. He's something completely different to what we have at the moment in, in the way that he backs himself to tackle, he backs himself to defend, um, to To be an aggressive defender, should I say, where a lot of our defenders retreat and try and keep everything in front of them. He likes to have things in front of him so that he can go and find man, get man, find ball, get ball situation, which I really, really like to see. Um, one of the things I did, I do think, is that he's passing. I said, put down here, his passing needs to improve. I think his passing can improve, and what I mean by that is that he's only 22 years of age, he's only new to senior football. Uh, we see here that he attempts passes at a rate of 54.7, Um, he completes 44.8. One of those per 90 is an 81.9 percent completion rate, which I'd like to see a, a bit better. Um, a lot of his passing is. It, like it doesn't tell a full story because what he does is a, a lot of his passing is into space at times, if he does go along, he tries to go along into space to uh, a striker to, for a striker to run onto as opposed to for a striker to flick the ball onto. So sometimes they can be seen as um, an unsuccessful pass. But what it does is when he plays it into that space, it tries. You see with, with Wolfsburg, what they do is they push up really, really quickly. And they did this brilliantly last year. He, it's almost like in the game of rugby, playing for territory, and he's really good at it. He can play it into space, keep the ball into in, in play, allows a nippy, fast striker, a la Ali Watkins, to maybe try and pressure and have the counter press start high up in the in the opponent's box or the opponent's territory, should I say? It also allows midfield to get to get. Uh, to get a small bit more coherent in there to allow them to, I suppose, get their shape, so that so that uh, attacks could be could be marshalled a small bit better. And when you contrast that with some of the passing that Aston Villa's centre halves do at the moment, it's directly towards the striker for flick-ons. Nine times out of ten, Ali Watkins doesn't get those. He does. His all play isn't great. And the other team have the ball, and immediately they've got a platform thirty to thirty-five yards outside their goal where they can launch an attack. So sometimes playing in into space over the top into the corners, trying to make trying to keep that ball in place so that everybody can rush up. I think it's a really really smart tactic. I've seen him do it a couple of times. I hope it's by design because if it is, I, I I enjoy watching it. But he did it more times than than would have been coincidental if that makes sense for me um we can see here he makes a lot of passes under pressure he's very comfortable with the ball at with you know with with making passes under pressure and um, i reluctantly was going to say he's very comfortable with the ball at his feet uh, for a 22 year old he is he's Still has a bit to learn with regards to that, but we can see here that his passes under pressure is 7.73. At 7.73, successful passes under pressure per game, which is fantastic, and it's up in the upper echelons. Um, His his progressive passes are there as well in the top uh, 69%, uh, along with the distances, uh, 71% there, 365.4 yards per progressive pass as well. Um, I suppose really looking at this, what the, the two areas I'm I'm not going to say negativity, but that highlight the way that he plays. That's the that, the that jump off the page to me are his pressure success rate. Uh, while he does a lot of pre- while he does pressure an awful lot, um, when he gets there, he gets the ball and, and and he tries to like he turns that pressure into an actual tackle. So. It's an interesting one sometimes whereby statistics can kind of fall down through the or they can be read through the wrong lens, I suppose, or they can fall fall down through the cracks. Um, and it doesn't really bother me that much. The fact that the pressure success rate is low. Also, his pass completion rate there to add 81.9%. You know, my own hypothesis in that is the way that he plays passes. Sometimes he plays them. And I think it may have been something that Wolfsburg wanted him to do, as I say, play it into the corners, try and keep that ball in play, make sure that it goes over the defense. So the defense have to get turned to try and get that ball. Allows our midfield and our defense to push up. Also allows a nippy forward, like, like somebody, as I said, like Golly Watkins, to try and create that counter press high up the field. And um, it could have been a tactic, but I could not say that for sure. Anyway, let's take a look at him in relation to Tyrone Mings. So we can see here we've got a lot of green on the left-hand side, and we don't have as much green on the right-hand side. I always preface this, and I'm going to do it again. This is not saying Mings is a bad footballer. This is not saying that Mings is a bad footballer. This is not saying Mings is a bad footballer. What this is showing, what this could show is different way the team's set up in defense or the different type of defenders that t- the the players are so this isn't an absolute pile in on wings we've got Kanza next we've got ruben diaz next okay so it'll become apparent this isn't the pile in. this is how teams play and how they value probably uh the assets that a, a defender can bring to the team caveat over um so we can see here that uh, lacroix has has a higher tackle uh, rate per per 90 minutes once again as i say he wants to engage people it just goes to show our defenders don't um he also the he's he's tackles the tackles dribblers more once again i would uh, imagine that because we back off, we back off, we back off. And you'll see that with Ezra Kanza as well. We don't engage dribblers. We back off and we get our blocks in. We back off, we try and usher them into into positions. And that's why we protect the box. We protect the D um in front of that box. That's that's apparent. Um, we can see here as well that because sometimes the quad does... Uh, engage people higher up the field, he does get dribbled past more than someone like Tyrone Mings. Because if you're if you're keeping your distance from somebody who's running at you and you're backpedaling and you're good at it and you're turning around and you're ushering people, well, then they're not going to dribble past you. That's a skill in itself. That's a really, really good skill to have. And it's a complementary skill that somebody must have if we've got somebody, if this guy does sign for us. And um, we'll see here the pressure successes are much the same. for Now, albeit that, uh, that Lacroix has uh, a higher pressure rate, than Ming's does. Once again, we don't pressure. We back off. We back off. We back off. We back off. We retreat. We have a very retreat-minded defense. The statistics just show it. With regards to blocks, much of a muchness. I've colored them yellow there because there's nothing in it. Uh, Passes blocked. We see once again, we've got an aggressive, combative uh, defender. He's obviously going to block more passes. He's going to have more interceptions. This is actually an interesting one for me that... The interceptions, I would have thought Tyrone Mings had intercepted the ball more because you know you tend to see him a lot of the time intercept the ball in the box, or when somebody kind of gets muddled up in a dribble in the box, he'll stick a leg in there and he'll he'll uh he'll intercept it. And I noticed people roaring at the screen now going, Well, he didn't do that for Salah against Liverpool when he gave away a penalty, let it lie, it was ages ago. Um, but I thought that his interceptions might be a small bit higher, but um, he. It just goes to show that that uh, this guy from Wolfsburg has has an elite level of interceptions, you know, as uh, as a defender. Um, we're looking at the passing statistics then, and this I suppose really shows where uh, what we can all really see. So, the pass attempts for Mings, we don't use him an awful lot as a weapon. He goes long. We absolutely know that. Um, he's uh, I mi- make I can see here that with Mings, I've mixed up his pass attempts and his pass completions. Uh, so I hope you will uh, you will forgive me for that. So. He's attempted for the 3.35 uh, passes in comparison to um, to LaCroix, who has uh, attempted for 57.70. And when we look at the pass completion statistics, um, uh, Maxence has a better um, pass completion rate, he's a better progressive passes, he's a better progressive pass distance, and he makes more passes under pressure. Which, once again, absolutely stands to reason. Teams back off Tyrone Mings because they know he will go along. We, we want him to go along as a team as well. So it just goes to show different styles of defenders, different styles, the way the teams want to defend in different ways. Could there be a complement to each other? Well, left-footed Tyrone Mings and right-footed Maxence Lacroix could be a very, very good complement to each other, the fact that they do different things. Now, let's look at him in comparison to Ezri Kanza. So as we know, Ezri Kanza is a, a right-footed center half that uh, complements Tyrone Mings. And we can see here once again that it's very very, very similar, very similar, in fact, to how Tyrone Mings plays. So it just goes to show we want our two center halves to do the same thing. We retreat. We don't. Ta- we don't tackle dribblers. We can see here with Ezri Conza, We not He doesn't tackle the dribblers. Uh, d- doesn't tackle dribblers at a high rate. We can see he doesn't make an awful lot of tackles. Uh, we can see here that he doesn't pressure the ball an awful lot. But he does when he does pressure. He's very successful, and I think that's that stands to reason that we know when we see him because uh, he does pressure the ball. The um, biggest thing for, um, for uh, Ezri Kanza as well is he doesn't get dribble passed. We know that as well. He's consistently at the top of the league in uh, players who don't get dribble passed. Uh, so, no, like, none of these statistics are new to me. They just go to show how we actually defend, how we're defending at the moment. Now, for me, what is really kind of interesting with Ezri Kanza is look how low his passing statistics are. We don't trust him to pass, we don't want our centre halves to pass the ball. So, Gerard, when people talk about we want our center halves to be ball playing center halves, I can't remember if Gerard has said that. I'm sure he might might have. I can't remember if Dean Smith ever said that. If they have, they've lied because we don't want our 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 center halves to be ball playing center halves. And if we do, well, then they're not they're not doing it. Um, you can see it here by the pass attempts, the pass completion, The pass completion percentage here is quite high for Ezra Kanza. Um, probably passing the ball out to, to Matty Cash and letting him bomb up the wing. I don't know. But he doesn't make very many progressive passes. We can see there. He doesn't have a big progressive pass distance and he doesn't make any passes under pressure. You know, So teams are comfortable letting our centre-halves have the ball so that we will have to go along or we'll have to go sideways with the ball. It's, it's, it's quite apparent here. Um, and we can see the difference that this young man could bring to the team if he was brought in based on the fact that he's I've said it a million times before. Take another drink if you're listening. He's combative. He's aggressive. He likes to get out there and get his foot on the ball. And he can also pass the ball pretty decently as well. And I think he's got room to improve in his passing. And what would a good passer in the Premier League look like? Well, let's have a little look at Ruben Diaz. How does he stack up against Ruben Diaz? Whoa, watch all the raid I hear you say with regards to the defensive statistics for Ruben Diaz. I thought he was the best defender in the league. He absolutely is, for me. He's the best defender in the league. But when we look at Ruben Diaz's passing statistics here, it just goes to show that you don't have to make an awful lot of tackles. You don't have to pressure the ball an awful lot. Don't have to block because the team don't get the ball if you're able to pass it. If you're a passing team, if you're able to play it out from the back, if you're able to keep possession, and if you've got the talent that Man City do, you're going to be under attack a lot less. So the numbers are going to be a lot less as well. So that's bare, that, that is to be borne in mind. Um... We can see here, though, that some of the um, some of the numbers here, whereby uh, whereby Maxence Lacroix is quite, uh, I, I suppose, is he's that are quite interesting. Here are that it still doesn't take away that he's very brilliant at intercepting the ball. Even when you look at Ruben Diaz, Ruben Diaz isn't that isn't his game. He's he's more of um, you know he's a marshaler back there. He's he's. To me, for me, as I said before, he's the best, best defender in the Premier League, and um, he's brilliant at pressuring the ball. We can see that there. Now, can he pressure the ball higher up the field? I would imagine so. He very rarely gets gets dribbled past as well, but I would imagine he can pressure the ball higher up the field because he's got the likes of Rodri, he's got the likes of Fernandinho in front of him and teams are breaking and keeping players back because they're terrified of their front three as well. So there's a lot of nuance in this. But when you look at Ruben Diaz's passes, look how many passes he makes in a, in a game. Look how many of those he completes. Look how many progressive passes he makes in a game. And when we look at those, at, at, at the last three points here, the progressive passes, the progressive pass distance, there isn't a million miles away there in in uh, Max lacroix and, and uh, Ruben Diaz. So what that le- le- leads me to believe is that I think this man believes he can be a better passer of the ball. I think if he's given the ball to pass a small bit more, that he potentially can. But do Aston Villa want to transition there? I'm sure they weren't going to do it mid-season with Steven Gerrard when he came in, but the off-season will tell an awful lot. So that's pretty much going to do it. I hope you guys have have, uh, enjoyed that. As I say, um, it's an exciting transfer for me. I couldn't even hazard a guess at what the price would be. In fact, it's not my money. I'm not going to worry about prices, and um, because I think that this guy has a lot of potential. Sample set for me is very small at the moment. Based on what I've seen, he's got he's got tons of potential. He's something a lot different than what we have already. Um, can he trans- Can that be transferred into the Premier League? I think that he probably needs a bit of a landing strip uh, to get to the Premier League. Like I don't notice he come in and get up to the pitch of the Premier League straight away. He probably can. But I think when you see what Liverpool have done with uh, keeping Joel Matip in the team alongside Virgil Van Dyke and allowing Konate to to grow into it, I know he was injured, and he's a big strapping man at 6'4", um, you know six foot four, and 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 he's a big bulky guy. Uh, Lacroix is six two and a half. He isn't as bulky as Konate. Can he get to the p- pace of the Premier League? I suppose only time will tend if he was if he was to sign. But I would be happy with signing him. Um, as I say, I couldn't tell you what kind of uh, what kind of price point he would be at, but it's an interesting one to see the different type of player that Aston Villa are looking at in comparison to what we have. And maybe that's something that Steven Gerrard is implementing because, uh, you know, as we've seen that the two centre-halves that we have are quite similar in the way they approach the game. They like to back-back they, they like as opposed to defend on the front foot. I don't know if Aston Villa, are, I don't know if I'm going to be comfortable watching an Aston Villa centre-half engage people high up the field, but you know, I'm here for a small bit of crack anyway. So I think I'd, uh, I'd like to see it once or twice before uh, before I was to make my mind up on it. Uh, and if this guy does come in, I think we're going to see it an awful lot more. Thanks very much, everybody, for watching. Thanks very much, everybody, for listening. Really appreciate everything you do for the podcast. Uh, if I could if you guys could follow us on Twitter, I would really, really ap- appreciate it at Love McGraw Pod. If you could follow our audio podcasts, you find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you find us basically anywhere that you, you find podcasts. That would really, really help us out if you could do so. We do have a Patreon account. I don't know if anybody wants to support the, support the podcast. You can find us on Patreon as well. But we will always be here every week giving you our thoughts uh, on uh, Aston Villa Football Club. And we will be back with with more transfers, um, probably even during the course of this week, but if not, definitely into next week as we start off our 2022 transfer um, focus, talk, focus, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, We will have tons of who I think will fit in with Aston Villa Football Club. And we will also react to people who have been linked with the football club as well, as this young gentleman has been already so thanks so much everybody please like this this if you're watching it on on youtube if you're listening to it on the audio podcast i absolutely salute you find five friends who don't listen to us and tell them to listen to us that will be your homework for tomorrow um but thanks for everything you do guys really appreciate it and all that's left to say is up the villa